and then as I was ta- as I was talking to Nathan, and he goes, "Dad, you forgot something." And I said, "What did I forget?" And I said, "Oh, you mean are you strong?" I didn't forget. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. You can see my dog, Rusty's head. It'll, it'll pop up. If you're listening, do you want to see the a little cute Britney Spaniel puppy? His head might pop up. I feel like I haven't done a solo podcast in a while, so apologize for that. But we've had a lot of great guests. We had James McLeod. We had James Coffrin. We had the Tired Dad. And more people coming up. A lot of great guests coming up. So make sure you subscribe. Please re- leave a, a five-star rating so that it gets sent out to more people. And share it, send it, and just be an avid listener because you guys are amazing. I get so many messages every single day from people saying they listen to the podcast, they've been listening for months, and this certain episode really reached them. And I love hearing that. And I love getting those messages, and I love meeting the community. So reach out anytime. Instagram's the best spot. I don't check my email very much. So just to be honest with you, really, probably from my teaching days, I despise email. But if you want to reach out to me and get a, get a real response, you can reach out on Instagram. So today, solo podcast, just I'll keep it nice and short. I wanted to talk about some things that have been happening with my son and me and how they relate to where I am in life and maybe where you are in life. So the first one is just a story about my son doing pull-ups and my son's very strong he is probably 85 pounds or so he's nine years old he's a thick boy he's got muscle he's a jiu-jitsu guy he does crossfit he's a great athlete when he was two three years old i put him in mma and he's been kicking and punching since then um but he's not he's not like a a skinny scrawny wiry kid you know i remember my brother whenever he was whenever we were growing up at our house he was always the, my older brother. He was always the first one to be able to climb trees, do pull-ups. I never could. I was I was husky, as they say. And he could always just pump out pull-ups. I never could. It took me a long time to be able to do a single pull-up. I think it was probably, I don't know, maybe in college. I didn't even try in high school. I just couldn't do them. Probably in college. But So my son, he's nine years old. He hasn't been able to do pull-ups. He was whenever he was, I think, seven, able to do maybe one. And then he wasn't able to after that. My daughter is seven years old. She is wiry and skinny. If you poked her stomach, you'd feel abs. Like she's ripped. She has bicep. She has biceps. She's gonna be like a CrossFit champion. She does gymnastics. Not gymnastics. I lied. She does. Her friend does gymnastics. She does ballet. So she does ballet. She does jujitsu. She does CrossFit. She says she wants to do CrossFit competitions when she's older, and she just absolutely loves it. And almost every day she asks me to lift her up, to hang on a bar, and do pull-ups. So she can do five already. She can, my daughter can already do five pull-ups, which is hard for anyone. I wasn't able to do five pull-ups until I was probably 23, 24 years old, but she's seven. So I'm just going to encourage her to keep on doing it every single day so she builds those muscles, those back muscles, and those arm muscles that just they can go away, especially the pull-up muscles. If you're an adult and you can't do pull-ups... Like, you know how hard it is. You just, you feel helpless. You're hanging from the bar and your shoulders and upper back are just moving and you're like, why can't I do anything? 
what's happening. Like I'm just shrugging and doing nothing. And then when you can finally do a pull-up, then you gain momentum, and then you can do two, three, four, five, and then it starts to compound from there. So my daughter is very strong, light, skinny, scrawny, but for a little kid, she's ripped, and she loves doing pull-ups. And Nathan has always been the, the athlete, the strong one, the one to, to be the first one to do athletic things. And Lauren passed him up on the pull-ups. Lauren passed him up on the hanging things, the um, like that type of thing. If it was a you know, squat deadlift thing that a child would do, then Nathan would win that. But Lauren, for the pull-ups, she's the winner. And what ended up happening over the past couple years is anytime we do some type of, the kids would want to do pull-ups, Lauren would do it, and then Nathan would try, and he wasn't able to do it, so he'd get a little discouraged. And then eventually he just stopped wanting to do it because he wasn't able to do them. He would keep on asking me to try, but I could tell that it bothered him a little bit that he wasn't able to do it. But he kept on trying, which is a thing. He never gave up. He just kept on trying. But I could, I could tell it bothered him that his sister was able to do five, and then he couldn't do any. Because he would, he would still be in good spirits, but he would say, eh, it's okay, I'm good. And he would just stop doing it. The other day, he comes up to me when I'm in the backyard, and we have a metal pull-up bar that's stuck between two trees. I installed it probably six or seven years ago. I just stuck it between two trees, drilled two holes, pried it in there, and then let the tree heal over the metal bar. It's a very um, primitive pull-up bar, but very effective. Just a piece of steel in between two trees, and it gets like an inch higher every year. And luckily the trees are growing evenly. So the other day, Nathan comes up to me and says, Hey, Dad, lift me up. I want to do a pull-up. So I say, Okay. I lift him up to the bar. And he knocks out two pull-ups right away. Just bam. I was blown away. Because I thought he was going to do zero. I thought once again I was, he was going to try and not be able to do it. And it would just be another episode of him trying, which is fine. But he knocked two out. He came down and just showered him with praise. He was smiling. He was trying to hold back a huge grin. But he was just ear-to-ear smiling, so happy with himself. And I just patted him on the back, lifted him up. told him how great he was. Lauren came out. She was like blown away that Nathan could do pull-ups. She was congratulating him. Then my wife came home. She was she was telling him what a great job he did. He was so happy about it. And then later that night, I tucked Lauren in. And then as I was tu- as I was tucking Nathan, and he goes, "Dad, you forgot something." And I said, "What did I forget?" And I said, "Oh, you mean are you strong?" I didn't forget. He was just so excited. What he means is every night to each of my kids. I ask them why they're strong, why they're smart, and why they're friendly. Something I do to build their identity. Because I know how powerful self-talk is, how powerful affirmations are, how powerful the stories we tell ourselves are. I know how powerful that is. It's been extremely important in my life and in many men's lives. So I do that with my kids before they go to bed so they can think about it all night. Why are you friendly? Why are you strong? And why are you smart? If you want to do that, just add in whatever adjectives you want, whatever characteristic traits you think your kids need to to strengthen. So Nathan said, Dad, you forgot. And I said, oh, you mean why are you strong? So I said, Nathan, why are you strong? He said, because I did pull-ups. And he was so happy, and he was like squirming in his bed. I said, hell yeah, you did. And yeah, I swore. And I just shook him, and we were just celebrating together. 
And he went to bed that night not just thinking that he's strong, not just saying that he's strong, but knowing that he's strong. Because he was able to link a real-life memory with a descriptor of his identity. If he would have just said, I'm strong, and didn't do anything that day to back up that statement, it would have increased his identity by, let's just make up a number 10%. But since he proved to himself that day that he was strong by a real action, it went up 90%. He can actually believe himself. You know, it's like driving in your car and repeating affirmations about how you're rich and you're actually broke. It doesn't mean anything if you haven't done anything to make progress towards that goal. I do affirmations. Okay, I do. I have phrases I say to myself about who I want to become, but I also back them up by real actions during the day that take me in that direction. Because our own voices can be extremely negative and pull us down, which are lies. We can lie to ourselves all the time. And if you're going, if that's a natural tendency, you might as well build yourself up and tell yourself why you're strong, why, you're, why you deserve success, why you love yourself, why you, you know, why you are good at the things you want to be good at, why you are the man you want to become, and then do those things. So that is what I do with my kids. And now Nathan has this real memory of overcoming resistance, of overcoming fear, of overcoming doubt, of, he has a memory of multiple years of trying to do a pull-up and failing, but not giving up. He could have easily had given up over the past years and just became the kid who couldn't do pull-ups. You know, he could be 16 years old, buddy with, you know, at, at a vacation with a friend and his buddy's doing a pull-up on one of those little pull-up bar competition things. And Nathan says, yeah, I can't do pull-ups. Not because he actually couldn't, but because as a young nine-year-old, he told himself that he couldn't because he gave up. That could have been him had he given up, but he didn't give up. He kept on doing it, and he kept on trying and trying, and then for now, he can do pull-ups. And then now, the next day, he was like, Dad, I want to do pull-ups again. And the next day, Dad, I want to do pull-ups again. So now he sees himself, and he knows himself as the kid who is strong and can do pull-ups because he backed it up. And he also sees himself as a person who doesn't give up, which is even stronger. Because then that muscle, that skill relates to any area of life. Any area of his life where there's going to be challenge and failure, which is obviously every area of life. Any area of life where there will be failure is every area of life, if you want to be successful. So now he knows that, hey, Whenever I was nine years old, I couldn't do pull-ups, but I didn't give up. And now I can do pull-ups, this very hard physical thing. It was painful. It was hard. It was uncomfortable. But I didn't do it. Or sorry, but I did it. And he has this real memory of himself overcoming adversity, resistance, and obstacles. And now that will fuel him for the next thing. It's like a video game. That's like him passing level three. The level three boss was him overcoming this doubt and fear to be able to do pull-ups. And now he gets to move on to level four where there will be more adversity. But he's more likely to beat the level four boss because he has that memory of defeating the level three boss. And we can build these memories. We can build our ability to conquer bigger and bigger battles by the obstacles that we choose to overcome and the obstacles that we choose not to fall to. If we want any success in our life, 
we have to accept that there's going to be failure with that. I like to say that the amount of success you want in life is equal to the amount of failure you're willing to endure. So if you're not willing to endure failure, you have to also accept that you're not going to endure success. If you want a level 10 success, you're going to have to endure a level 10 failure, or at least be willing to endure it. Because if you say, I want wealth, I want fame, I want the body, I want all this stuff, I want the relationships, but I'm not willing to go through any change or resistance, then it's not going to happen. There was a post I saw from somebody a couple weeks ago. They said, it was a religious post. It said, I prayed for strength and God gave me an obstacle, so I got strength. It said, I prayed for wisdom, so God gave me a problem and I overcame it. And it goes on through those things. So through the obstacle, through the resistance, through the failure, you are able to become stronger. So if you want the success, if you want the skills, if you want change in your life, you have to expect mistakes, doubt, fear, failure. Let them come and pivot and learn from it. So that's the first Nathan story. The second Nathan story is about it being intentional and present as a father. And a decision that I was glad I made, because I am growing a business, and it is growing. It's, it's doing well. I quit my teaching job, and now I'm doing Rising Father full-time. So there is a lot that goes on with being an entrepreneur and running a business, as you entrepreneurs know. Um, if you're not a business owner, I can relate, because for almost all my life, I was not. And... There's a different level of stress that comes from not knowing you have that secure paycheck coming in. There's a whole nother level of stress of, if I don't do a certain set of things today, I have zero dollars coming in. It's not like being a teacher where you have 30 years of paychecks guaranteed plus a pension. So you have money for the rest of your life. And for me, I didn't like that safety and security because I feel like it made me fat and happy. And I don't want to be fat and happy. I'd rather be on fire and running. And I'd rather be not even running away, but running towards the person I want to become. I want to be running towards the person I want to become and on fire than just sliding fat and complacent towards a safe life. That doesn't sound like fun to me. So anyway, um, back to Nathan. Um, I have this project that I'm doing for my business, so I have to create ads and marketing funnels. If you have any business, guess what? No one cares if they don't know about it. You can open a lemonade stand, but if it's in your backyard and you didn't send an email out, no one knows that you have a lemonade stand. You have to put it where people can see it. You have to send people to it. You have to tell people about it. So I've, we've got, we have an amazing product. We have an amazing service with our Man on Fire program now. It's it was Rising Father Brotherhood. We rebranded it to the Man on Fire. We leveled it up. We added systems, added all kinds of things, and it is changing lives. So we have this amazing service that guys are having radical transformations inside, connecting, being inspired, mentoring other men. So it's an amazing place to be. Okay, so we have this amazing product and service, but people need to know about it. So that means I have to market it. I have to advertise it which is what you do through social media. You, you do posts, you do reels, you do podcasts, you do Instagram lives, you do things and you tell people about it, but also you have to do paid advertisements if you want to take it up a notch. And that's what I'm working on right now, is doing paid advertisements. 
And it's a whole another skill set doing a, you know, having a Google ad account, Facebook or a meta ad account, Facebook funnels, email campaigns, website tech stuff. And you could, that can, the fear of doing that and learning that can stop you in place. And you could just say, well, that sounds scary and horrible and difficult. So I'm not going to try that. I'll just stay where I am. Sure, you can think that. Or you can just take a month and learn all those skills. And then after a month, you have the skills that 90% of the world gave up on. So I choose to do that. So anyway, I had a deadline. I have a business coach. And we had a deadline for creating this VSL. And it is a VSL is a video sales letter. So it's a long, it's a, not a long video, but it's a video describing my story, talking about Rising Father, talking about the program, and educating people on what the program is. It's basically a, a movie. It's a film. So there's a lot of editing, all kind of fun tech stuff. It takes a long time to do. And I had a deadline. I was falling behind. And then it was 8.30 at night. I just got done with a call. My wife was sitting down. I was tired. I was ready to go to sleep. I, I wake up at 3.45, so in about eight hours, I had to be at the gym. And my son goes... Dad, can we go on a night bike ride? And I was 50-50. I didn't know if I was going to do it. And then I thought, it was a beautiful night. It's October, beginning of October. In one month in Pittsburgh, it could either be a blizzard or it could be 90 degrees. Who knows? Most of the time, it's cold, wet, it's cold, wet and gray for eight straight months here in Pittsburgh. Um, so I said, well, this honestly could be the last time potentially ever, that I do a night bike ride with my son. It might be the last night bike ride that he ever asks me to go on because you never know when the last time is going to be. There was a last time that I had to buckle my son into his car seat. I don't remember when the last time was, but there was a last time, and I didn't remember it. You know, whenever I was buckling him into his car seat, I didn't think this is the last time that happened. There was a last time I put him into a kid's swing at the park. I don't remember what that last time was. But when I die and look back on my life, if I want to visit that moment, I could find that moment and say, that was the last time I ever put my son into a kid swing at the park. And I didn't know. So that was going through my head when he asked me that. I said, yes, I'm going to do it. So at that moment, I'm choosing to do that with him over making money because had I worked on that maybe I would have maybe in the long run years from now working a little bit more would have made me a little bit more money you know over the deadline I had over what some people would consider a dumb business move but for me being a father is is more important than any of it more important than any of these business goals, any, anything else. And besides, my business is being a father. That's what Rising Father is about. That's what Man on Fire is about. It's about being a good man, being a good father. And had I chose the other one, I'd be a hypocrite. So I said, yes, let's do it. So we went out. We drove down to the park. We put headlamps on. Um, it was a beautiful night. It was cool. It was in the 60s. And we bike rode five miles around the lake. And he was just laughing, talking nonstop. I posted a reel on my Instagram today about it, just showing him just nonstop talking, telling stories, pointing out raccoons and deer, and t telling me we I would shine our light into the woods. We'd see all these reflective eyes from the deer shining back at us, and he was talking about, hey, Dad, you know that they have 
reflective materials in her eyes. My science teacher told me that and just nonstop talking. And had I just stayed home, sat on the couch on my laptop, and spent another 30 minutes on this email campaign, what a failure that would have been. What a failure that would have been. Say if we, that 30 minute decision, if we, you know, multiply it out 10 years from now, the monetary value of that, maybe that makes me $10,000 less rich because of 30 minutes I didn't do. Is that, would that moment worth 10, was that moment worth $10,000? Yeah, that moment was worth millions. Because what if that was the last time I ever took a night bike ride with my son? I don't know. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it was. I'm going to make sure it it wasn't. I will go on more bike rides with him. And the very next day he asked me to go again, and I couldn't because we had jujitsu, and then everyone went to sleep. So the next night he wanted to, and we couldn't. Now it's up to me to make sure that we keep on having those moments. But I have to be intentional about it, and I have to make sure I am choosing him, that I'm choosing my family over everything else. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. These are those were two moments of my life over the past week that I want to share with you and share you the lessons, share with you the lessons I took from them, and maybe you can take some lessons from them and apply them to your own life. If you want to reach out to me, hit me up on Instagram, it's the easiest place. Please subscribe. Please give me a five star rating. Um, the Rising Marriage podcast is only on YouTube. Eventually we'll put that on everything else. Um so we're doing about two episodes a month if you want to see me and my wife hang out and talk. And it can be funny, it can be serious, it can be dramatic, <laughs> but I uh, give that a listen. But anyway, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one.